Chapter Five of He. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Publishers' interjections read by Julie Famalichem. Editor's notes read by Niru Ayer. He by Andrew Lang and Walter Harris Pollock. Down the Dark River, Chapter Five. Down the Dark River, the Mystic Isis, so Leonora had decided. We sped. Eustani plying the long pole of the dhow, or native flat-bottomed boat, while we took it in turns to keep him up to his work by flicking him with a tandem whip. The moon went slowly down, and it occurred to Leonora to remark that we were going down, too. An unusual thing, so early in term. Like some sweet bride into her chamber, the moon departed, in the quivering footsteps of the dawn. Do you mean the dawn? Every Oxford man knows what I mean shook the planets from their places, to the consternation of the civilian professor of astronomy, who, as in duty bound, was contemplating these revolutionary performances from the observatory in the parks. A number of moral ideas occurred to Leonora and myself, but out of regard for Eustani's feelings we denied them expression. I began indeed to utter a few appropriate sentiments, but the poor bushman exclaimed, "'You floggy, floggy, missy, or preachy, preachy, but no, both floggy and preachy.' in a tone that would have disarmed a Bampton lecturer. Down we drifted, ever downwards, obedient to the inscrutable laws of the equilibrium of fluids. Now we swept past the white willow, now through the cruel crawling waters of the gut, now threaded the calamitous gorge of Ifly, and then shot the perilous cataract of Sandford. At this moment, just when the dow was yet quivering with the strain, I noticed an expression of abject fear on the face of Eustani, his dark countenance was positively blanched with horror, and his teeth chattered. "'Silence, chatterbox!' I cried, querulously, perhaps, when he laid down his pole and seated himself in an attitude of despair. "'What's the matter, old boy?' said Leonora, and the reply came in faltering accents. "'Ama Bargus.' "'Ama is the prefix of all the tribal names. Ama Zulu, Ama Hagar. I connect it with the Greek preposition, Hama.' Don't keep hammer hammering away at creeks. This is a boy's book, not a holiday task, this is. We glanced in terror down the river's edge, there on the path trodden by so many millions of feet that now are silent. Please don't begin moralizing again. One never knows when it will come upon you. Couldn't help just throwing it in. They were the burly forms of five or six splendid savages. The character of their language, which was borne to us on the pure breeze of morning, their costume, their floating house, in which these scourges of the water highway commonly reside, everything combined to demonstrate that they belonged to the Bargas, the most powerful and most dreaded of the native populations. Miam Slopaji, whispered Eustani in his native language, meaning that he would retreat. Eyes in the boat, cried Leonora, in her clear commanding tones, Paddle on, all! The bushman cowered by her aspect, and the mere slave of discipline obeyed her command, and presently we were abreast of the Bargus. Hi, miss, cried the Bargi chief, a man of colossal stature. Can't you look where you're a-shovin' to? Though his words were unintelligible, his tone was insulting. Leonor rose to her feet, and to the occasion. By virtue of her rare acquaintance with savage customs, she was able to taunt the Bargus with the horrors of their tribal mystery, to divulge which is death. She openly insulted the secret orgies of the tribe. She denounced the dog-feast. 
"'Who ate the puppy pie under Marlow Bridge?' shrilled Leonora in her proud, sweet young voice. In a moment a shower of stones struck the dow and spurred the water into storm. Frank Muller, the bargy chief, distinguished himself by the fury of his imprecations and the accuracy of his aim. A smothered groan told me that Eustani had been hit in the mouth. Widward crash went the stones, while Leonora applied the pole with desperate energy, and I erected the patent reversible umbrellas, with which we were provided to catch any breath of favorable wind. The fierce rapidity of the stream finally carried us out of the reach of the infuriated bargies, who, moreover, were providentially slain by lightning, a common enough occurrence in that favored climate, where nobody thinks anything of it. And we rested, weary and wounded, in a sheltered backwater. Are you not gliding insensibly into bears? No. All right. It is a tremendous country for storms. Can't use them too often. Add to the sense of reality. The Dow's looking rather dowdy, said Leonora, glancing at the shattered craft. If dowdy deeds, my lady, please, said I, catching her light tone. Why, she must take the consequences. But Leonora, I added, shuddering, I'm sure my feet are damp. If there's one thing I dread, it is damp feet. No wonder, said Leonora calmly, the Dow has sprung a leak. I searched the Dow everywhere, but we could find no trace of the vegetable. Meanwhile the water had risen above the capstan, and Eustani, shivering audibly, had perched himself on the bowsprit. Now or never, said Leonora, is the moment for our life-belts. We hurried, put on our life-belts, regretting the absence of an experienced maid. I'll be Mrs. Lex, and you'll be Mrs. Alishine, laughed Leonora, as the Dow, shuddering in all her timbers, collapsed. Ego et Lex mia, cried I, not to seem deficient in opportune gaiety of illusion and we were in the water. We advanced briskly downstream, Ustani propelling himself with the pole of the Dow. Ever anxious about Ustani's university education, interrupted by this expedition, Leonora kept coaching him in the usual way. "'Bow, you're feathering under water!' she exclaimed when the unfortunate Ustani disappeared in a lasher, where we, thanks to our life-belts, floated gaily enough. Here we paused to catch a few of the perch and gudgeons, which Leonora had attracted by carefully wearing white stockings. "'Nothing like white stockings for perch,' she said. "'As there were not perch enough to go around, "'Ustani was told to content himself with the pole, "'a synonym if not an equivalent. "'Laying our trencher caps on the water, "'we used them as of old for trenchers "'and made an excellent meal.'" End of chapter 5